This is the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and this week I'm joined by Clinton Bonner, a frequent contributor to the Seahawkers Podcast, does three in, three out, the blog there. And he's here to help me answer a series of questions. I think we're going to go position by position this week, starting with the wide receivers and tight end. Our biggest questions at each position group. Clinton, how are you doing? Doing great. Definitely got some got some huge questions and I, I gotta I gotta say it I'm still amazed you guys able to put out the kind of content you do week in week out because my summer's been great I've got <laughs> summer ball I've got the beach I've got barbecues and I'm listening to a ton of what you guys put out so it's always it's you know that I could come off the bench and contribute a little bit in the off season I feel good about that I really do so happy to happy to uh be be back and be uh, contributing to to everything you got going on and hey, we're in July. This is one of the toughest times of year, but I think it's a good time of year to help kind of ramp up into the season, get people excited about Seahawks football. But along with the excitement, there also comes a lot of questions. And I think probably the reason why we're starting with wide receivers and tight end, it's one of the groups with some of the most questions, uh, particularly at wide receiver with the retirement of Doug Baldwin. Who take who who's going to emerge as the number one? I think we know the answer to that. But there's a lot of other questions, too. And maybe maybe that's where we start. The emer- who who will emerge as the number one? Tyler Lockett seems like the obvious choice based on his production last year. I mean, I think it's you know, it's I, I love Lockett. Lockett's been come out of K-State. I like even during the draft. I'm like, man, this guy could just he looks like he just run routes. Didn't know. No, I don't I don't follow the draft as much as uh, as, as many others do. But I mean, he's been a great professional and withstand, withstand the injury that he did earlier in his career, too. I mean, I think he's the clear number one without without a doubt for me. Um, I'm just st- just concerned about like those those intermediary roots, those, you know, short to medium sized roots, because Lockett, if you look at his stats, he's he's not exactly like a red zone guy. He's not he's not piling up red zone touchdowns or even, you know, red zone targets. So. You know, that that always went to more tight ends and, and Baldwin was getting those down there and others too, like even like Brown last year had an incredible, you know, touchdown ratio to targets. But, you know, I definitely feel like Lockett, it becomes the number one, but can he get that kind of lion's share of targets? Can he run those kind of routes? I believe he can, but, uh, you know, I'm not sure we've seen it actually so far because most of his touchdowns are 30, 40 yards downfield. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that brings up the second question and you mentioned it in there who gets those immediate route targets. And especially we had that question when Jimmy Graham left two years ago, where were all those red zone targets going to go? Well, a lot of that ended up going to Chris Carson. The Seahawks improved in terms of rushing touchdowns inside the red zone last year, but now Baldwin, one of the favorite red zone targets also gone. You can, you can only put uh, so much production on the backs of the running backs. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we do have shoddy back there. Now that he's on Twitter, right? So, I mean, I mean, I think shoddy is going to try and jam as much of a workload as he possibly can on the backs again, which frankly, I'm still okay with. I, I think when the, uh, the NFL zigs, you zag type thing. And I, I like the old school smash mouth football and I, and, and I, I think Shotty had a good year overall, but with that, I don't know, man. I look, I mean, you look at Moore, you look at Metcalf. These dudes, I mean, Metcalf might be able to run other routes. We'll see. Moore last year was super inconsistent. He was great downfield, which is something that the Shotty offense does quite a bit of. But 
I didn't see anything else in, in his route tree that, that was screaming to me that he could be, you know, like uh, receiving in tight corners inside the red zone. I don't know. And I, I don't know about you, but I mean, how do you feel about Brown on this roster at this point? Where, where do you see a, a guy like Brown that, I don't know, he caught a bunch of touchdowns, but Pete Carroll's talking him up. But what, what do you think about Brown? In terms of the intermediate routes, they could redesign some of the offense to, I, I think, find more opportunities for Lockett. Uh, in those different places. And then the downfield opportunities for Lockett, I could see going to a guy like DK Metcalf, but Brown is one of the guys that I would expect to maybe step up from last year. He had, he had five touchdowns on, you know, less than 20 targets. He he was targeted in the teens. So yeah, that's, uh, that would be, you know, just based on last year, what a guy that I would expect. And part of the reason why I brought up Jimmy Graham's name is that you have Will Disley now coming back from injury, and we saw some flashes from him early on in the season. If he's able to rebound from injury, he could be that guy who's taken over, especially the share inside the red zone. So for me, like, I mean, Disley was an amazingly yeah, beautiful surprise, what, first three and a half weeks of the season there, right? And uh, really got, uh, you know, the 12s very excited about what, what could be there. He kind of looked like that Zach Miller plus for those three and a half weeks where it's like, whoa, we got a dude that can block, but he's more like reception wise looking more like he could be on the, like the earth side of the coin, um, which to me is like a perfect, I mean, listen, there's one Kelsey right now, right? There's that's, that's him. And then there's pretty much a drop off and you got Ertz, uh and a few others, but like, if you could get some level of production around that level of that, of that kind of like super productive Zach Miller or like the modern day Zach Ertz, I mean, you're doing really, really well at tight end. Those, those are some elite tight ends in this league. But the big thing for me is I think, you know, I, I don't want to say we got spoiled with Graham coming back the way he came back, but that is a nat like one of the nastiest knee injuries you possibly can get. And although Disney is younger than Graham, who knows? Who knows how in he seems to be on track. He seems to be healing the right way. But, you know, I don't think we're going to know that until when we see him in pads and we see him back out there and he's, you know, doing those football things, right? And making those cuts. I just, until I see that mentally, I, I don't even count Disley as like on the roster right now in my mind because it's such a severe injury that I need to see that dude in some, in some pregame action. Be like, okay, Disley's actually back. I kind of feel that way in my mind too. And I guess maybe when we're talking about tight end, we shouldn't. Well, maybe we could. I think when are we're talking. <laughs> are you going to say it? <laughs> are, you, are you going there? Early? I'm trying to I'm trying to lead into it, Clinton. I, I was thinking of mentioning <laughs> Nick, Nick Vanette before I got down to George Fant's name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there it is. There it is. The, the, the fantastic. Um, I think I am one of the few Seahawks fans who is not a big fan of George Fant. Come on. I, I, not, not the, not the dude, not the dude. Like he seems like a nice enough guy. He's working hard. Um, I don't know when we had those supersets in last year, I didn't think we were all that productive. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I don't know. I still saw Fant whiff on a, a large portion of, of, of blocking opportunities. I still, I still saw like outside linebackers or DNs just, beating him consistently and I, and I don't know I used to rag a lot on Trey Madden right I, I was not I was a very vocal uh non-advocate of Trey Madden being like I don't know why we have a fullback if that's who you're going to use yeah. and I just don't think Fant is actually that good of a football player I just uh, what, what what's your take is do you have love for Fant or are, are you stretching that love like where where do you think he ends up this year I have love for Fant I'm I think <laughs> <laughs> I think part of the excitement around him 
is the unconventional. It's not based in any, any kind of substance, right? It's yeah. it's based on the what could be from that position and and it, the fact that it is so unconventional. I want to see it, I, but I, I feel like the realistic side of me is probably more where you're at. Like we're probably not going to get as much out of it as as we really want. I'd love to be you know shocked and awed and and all that and 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 fan to have a, a you know a really good solid year there blocking and maybe he catches. 10 or 15 balls this year, as opposed to one for, you know, nine and a half yards. Right. Um, I just want to see him stay that, on his feet and bowl some dudes stay, over. <laughs> no more turf monster. Like if he stays on his feet, how much uh, fun but, would that be? If he catches a pass over the middle up against a team that has some little itty bitty safeties and yes. corners trying to go after him, you know, he's behind the linebackers. Let's see who he's going to bowl over on his way to the end zone. I'd, I'd like to see that some, some killer crossover, some no look pass. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's got, he's got the whole package being the ex basketball guy right, right. so I, I want to see it but but i gotta say for me i think the most interesting tight end right now or tight end like let's say question mark or variable or or just you know what could be i think is hollister from the patriots mm. and and i don't have much to go on here i live in the northeast i live in connecticut so i knew hollister probably a bit more for just watching tons of patriots games so i got to see a little bit of hollister but i'd say the one thing for me that was that was kind of key is one of the smartest um, Pats fans I know, really smart dude that I work with. When we got Coleman, what was that now? Three off seasons ago, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, when we got Coleman, he's like, he's like, you guys stole him for a seventh rounder, and you know, he's pinging me on, you know, the IM, and then on Slack when we got Hollister, same dude. He's like, he's like, he's, he's like, hey, this is deja vu for me. He said, you guys just got a really good tight end that we didn't use last year, and they just lost Gronk. He's like, I don't get why we gave up on him for the the draft, the draft value you got. So, 2020 seventh round draft pick for Hollister, which is the equivalent of nothing. If we, yeah, if we could get, if we can get Coleman level production, you know, obviously other side of the ball, but if we can get that kind of player uh, and Hey, this is a smart, smart pass man, really engaged, really knows his players. He's like, you guys got to steal again from us. So, so I'm just intrigued by that alone because last time he totally nailed it with Coleman. Coleman was a very, very good uh, slot corner. So that guy to me is the biggest variable and you still got Dixon and you still got Vinette and they're, they're kind of, they kind of like feel like kind of stuck in the middle for me. And I don't, I don't know exactly, but that's five dudes. Yeah. If you count fan. <laughs> right. So, and we are, fine. we're counting yeah, fans, right, Clinton. Fine, fine. We're counting <laughs> fan. Fine. Um, that's five dudes. You know, so, uh, you know, who, who from there can emerge as like, is there a true one? I think if Disley is healthy, I think he is a one. I got to see that. With those other dudes, is any of those guys like gonna be? I don't know, man. Like, say a seventy target guy that could haul in maybe forty-five passes. I mean, that'd be pretty okay for this group. Is do you have any targets that you're looking at? Any numbers that kind of stick out? Do you think these dudes can achieve? Tight end for me, it's just never been a big part of the of the Pete Carroll offense. You know, even you met you mentioned Zach Miller early on. He wasn't a big part, but he no. was he was a, a more on the significant part and they just never got Jimmy Graham even to that. Um, well, I, they did get him to that level that you're talking about as far as, you know, 70 targets. So, it, and people complained that wasn't enough. So I don't think that they're going to go there. I think when we're talking about wide receivers and who to be more excited about, there is more ex to be excited about than there is a tight end. I, I, th I mean, for sure there is, I mean, even with Baldwin stepping out, which, 
just completely stinks, right? But it is what it is. We 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 drafted three receivers, right? So I think something really cool to look at is all right, between you got, you know, Metcalf, Jennings, and, and Ursua. Okay, which one are you the most excited about? Which one do you which one are you just like jazzed about seeing, you know, preseason and into the season? I think if we're just talking about the guys who were drafted, because gosh, they have a bunch of undrafted guys too that they brought yeah, in for the position. And I know I've kind of been a little bit vocal in the offseason about trying to to tamp down my expectations with DK Metcalf. He really is the one that I'm most excited about because of the speed, because of the size and the the potential playmaking ability. I'm trying to pe- bring people back a little bit to realism because I think there is so much excitement around him that, you know, he's going to be Calvin Johnson. He's going to be the type of guy who's going to break out in his very first season. And I don't expect that. But I do think that in terms of the ability for him to make plays, I really do think that he could be the guy that that Russell Wilson's looking for downfield instead of where he was looking at Tyler Lockett to make some of those big plays last season. I mean, I definitely blame Twitter, by the way, because like <laughs> right. every day on Twitter, there's a new hype video of, I think there was one, a beautiful one yesterday that was kind of like this close-up cam following him down like a 40-yard fade basically down the sideline and Russell just drops it in and it was gorgeous, right? So it, it gets you fired up and then he's all over Twitter already kind of knocking down haters and people are saying you can only run the go route, only run the nine. He's, you know, calling people out already, which is... Um, the thing is, is that if he only does those things... That's fine. You can could, you can yeah, still have yeah, success. He can, he can still be and he make some be big plays. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's definitely you know he's he, but but I'm, I'm hopeful the dude can be uh, you know a, a more of a route runner or at least a little bit more. But I mean everything you read too is like hey he's doing the little things all the way to get ready for um, the the, the uh, combine that he had which propelled him and then now that he got drafted as high as he did which was still seems like a really good value um he still got drafted pretty damn high with all the players in the world that could be drafted sure. and everything he's now doing to to um which looks like just working on that footwork working on that working on that speed and those cuts i mean listen we're pretty far removed from the dude and i watch him day in day out the hype is certainly with him for sure right and then i don't know about you i kind of feel like Ursua is the one that's like because of his slot abilities, because of what he did in Hawaii, like that's where he played. He was just like like that shifty slot guy. And I get the the feeling that when it's all said and done, we play 16 games this year and hopefully obviously more than 16 with the playoffs, that we might look back and be like, hey, Ursua was actually the, the more the most valuable receiver this year, while someone like Metcalf was kind of just, you know, getting getting into the NFL and getting, you know, getting used to Russell Wilson, where I don't know, or Sua, maybe he could just do those those inter, those intermediate routes we're talking about. What's your what's your take on uh, the the flying Hawaiian? He's the one that I would hope that has the biggest impact because the guy that it feels like the Seahawks are missing now to fill that void, and Lockett's done it to a certain extent, but in the Seahawks offense and the way Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll run it, picking up those third downs and having a receiver that is you know the go-to guy on third down where Baldwin's yeah. always been that person the person who takes that role will have the biggest impact on the Seahawks this season and whether it's Lockett or whether it's a rookie whether it be Jennings or whether it be Ursua I I tend to think that Ursua with his shiftiness has the ability to to be that guy that gets open most consistently I agree I, ho- I hope the dude's hands are there I mean the thing is it's one of those to me, it's one of those things that you're not gonna replace Doug year one and be like, okay, you have that third down dude that you just know A, he gets open, and B, for the most part, catches everything. 
Doug, I mean, looking back on Doug's, you know, tenure with Seattle, the dude made every single week just, just you know, uh, amazing, tough grabs to move the chains. Like you said, big time, big time plays to move the chains. I'm hopeful there too. I mean, I don't, I don't know enough about Jennings at this point. We haven't seen him, you know, we haven't seen him yet go against DBs and NFL DBs. It's, it's seemingly he, he's not getting any of the buzz so far. And we kind of had this you know, second rounder and then a seventh rounder and then the UFA guys. And Jennings kind of sitting in the middle. Maybe it's a good thing he's flying under the radar, but I don't really have a good, I don't have a great sense right now to think, oh yeah, Jennings is coming in year one and, and producing because A, hard for uh, NFL wide receivers to produce in year one. And B, I don't know, we don't have those Twitter hype videos telling me it's going to happen. So I, I'm, I'm lost. You know, what we do you, need what do you more Jennings? Jennings Twitter hype videos. That's, I think, this, somebody I think get we've nailed on this. this stuff. You know, Cable Thanos or somebody, show some love to Jennings for crying out loud. Jeez. Yeah, just because we don't have some great videos of or, or photos of Jennings with his shirt off, I think that's. I think that's part of the problem. So maybe maybe Jennings owes us a piece of this too. Like get in the weight room and start showing off some too on Instagram. I mean, 100% correct. There's Instagram, there's there's Snapchat, you can go back to MySpace. I mean, Jennings, do something for yourself, right? You got you got to help yourself here. You got to create your own hype, I suppose. The one thing I have a hard time with though in in this this whole discussion is pinning a lot of hope on a 7th round pick. And while Moore's kind of started to emerge, I mean, expecting that from a rookie with Ursua, and I think it is because of Baldwin and his his success as an undrafted guy that we're kind of placing those expectations on Ursua. I'm with you. It's 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 a different type of offseason. and uh, you know, it also just leads me to believe more and more that. Shotty's going to run the crap out of the ball. <laughs> We're going to run the ball a lot and run the ball you know, more and more and more. I am hopeful that one of those tight ends can step up. I hope it's Disley. I hope Disley can come back because I think he's the best one in the group. But I hope, I hope that, you know, if, if Disley can be healthy, I think that gives you that, that mid route weapon that one of those other dudes just might not be able to do. Like you said, Ursu is a seventh rounder. Now, now, yes, he had a great collegiate career. And yes, Seattle traded back up to get him, so he didn't hit UFA. So they clearly, you know, clearly believe believe in his his ability. But you're 100 on it. Like we're pinning a lot of hope to be like, oh yeah, seventh rounder that you know is flying under the radar for most NFL teams is is going to be our our slot savior. It's you know, mar- you know, market eight, dude. It's done. And, and then and then Lockett too. It's like, I if if Lockett. You know, if they really make him become more the slot, I think he's got all the skill in the world. I think he could do it. Yeah. But then what do you lose? Can, can, you know, can Metcalf step in? Can more step up um, to just get those deep threats that those, those sexy deep balls like that Kansas City game last year, right? That ball to lock it from Russ <laughs> is probably, I think about that probably three times, thrice daily, thrice daily. <laughs> I think about that. And every single time I'm, I'm just smiling because it's one of the most beautiful passes I've ever seen in my life. But will it be Lockett? Will he get those roots? Or can a seventh rounder step up? It's a huge hole right now. And I hear a lot of Seahawks fans saying, oh, we're, we're better than last year. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure we are. Like, I think our offensive line is better. I think Penny will be better. I don't know, man. To me, like losing a dude like Baldwin on your offense and then just presuming that you could make up for it is a is a bad assumption. But I'm also kind of glad that we brought that Jimmy Graham piece into this discussion because that was a question we were asking ourselves after last year, you know, the most prolific tight end in Seahawks history in just three seasons. 
Yep. And losing that piece and him being such a big piece inside the red zone, that was the question is how will we how would the Seahawks recover from losing that piece? And now we're asking the same question with Baldwin. They found a way last year. In fact, Baldwin, you know, injured for a, a, a quite a few games last year, still made the playoffs. But I, I don't think even in those games where they didn't have Baldwin, that that we had answers to the, some of these questions that we're talking about based on what, you know, Brown and, and Lockett's play of, of if they would be able to become that go to guy. I, I, I never got my answer for those questions last year. Yeah, and I, I think the, the 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 big point you're making there for me is like you know like th- there's good enough talent out there. They they did load up in the draft. They brought in three dudes. They do have kind of a stable of veterans or or like more going into year three at this point. Like so, it is the NFL. These dudes are super talented. Somebody will or some combination of two or three dudes will you know just come together and, and Voltron this thing and be like okay that's where the production went because yeah we, we had lost Richardson and, and all these other and Graham were like oh where are we gonna get these touchdowns from and you know what they, they were there the touchdowns were there you know why because we have Russell freaking Carrington Wilson <laughs> and we had you know a, a much better line and we were running the ball much much better than the year previous so so I think you're right I think you know it's like Somebody will step up, but it's a bit of a crapshoot to say, well, who the heck's going to be like, where would you where would you lay your chips is, is I think the the fun question to ask right now. Yeah. And I like how you've added another middle name to Russell Wilson, like not just adding Carrington, but going. That's, yes, R- I think that's RFCW. I think that's his, uh, his it's in, cath- in Catholicism, you go and get like a saint's name as well, you know, so you end up with four names. Yeah. I'm pretty sure St. Friggin was, uh, was, was Russell's. I think it was the- uh, Russell freaking Carrington Wilson the third. The patron saint of sexy deep balls. And it's, you know, it's it's part of the book, but it wasn't in the in the chapters everybody read. That's all. Yeah, the subtext is there. All right, Clinton. Well, I think that puts a nice little bow on the show. And uh, with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. <laughs>